All right. Hello. Good morning. Um, we have one more announcement. It's a good announcement. It's about canoeing. Listen, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to keep you in suspense as I pull up the announcement. <laughs> Justin is planning a canoe trip in early October. He has made a post on the COCDBC BCD. How off was that? That's the acronym that is used. Was that really off? It means something, and it's awesome. And I know canoeing is just a great time to risk your life, potentially for a little bit of fun. And so who are we not to risk our lives to the glory of God? You know, if you come back alive, then you know God has a plan for you. So you're like, that is why I risk it, and and, amen. And then we want to announce on, where are you on? You are in the building. Stand up. She recently moved here. She's at um, the University of New England doing incredible things and probably canoeing as well. So apple picking and canoeing, welcome to New England. Thank you, Justin, for planning that. Okay, so today is going to be a little bit more practical. Not even a little bit. It's going to be completely practical. (laughs) And, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this vision, this steps of love, what it means to bring the good news. And two weeks ago, we talked about a micro-Eden. Like, really, the the gospel vision of evangelism is that we would be in a micro-Eden, that we would experience shalom, peaceness, closeness with God, closeness with one another in a world and in an atmosphere where we feel completely seen and safe. You know, the scriptures point to the reality that as we come into Christ prayerfully, it becomes more characteristic that we feel wholeness, community, connection with God and with one another. And that is what Christ has invited the whole world to participate in. And so micro Eden, when I talk about that, that's really the heart of what I what I mean when I talk about evangelism. And evangelism is one of the most loving things we can do because we are inviting people into what God is doing in making the world a world of peace, a world of shalom, and making a community of peace and shalom. Last week we talked about come as you are. You know, I I love that Jesus' example with um, Levi and his friends, he allowed them to sit at the table and come as they are. You know, again, we live in a world where we could be easily judgmental. We could easily just want people to be fixed. The kingdom of God is filled with people like ourselves who are still a work in progress. All of us should wear a shirt once a year that says, I'm a work in progress. And that's the heart of this ministry of Jesus, that we all can come in his presence and be connected. And so Jesus invites all his followers to this intimacy with him, and he opens up his table for all people to connect with him. And like I mentioned before, we're going to talk about practicals today. Because it's easy, again, now I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I got all the practicals covered. No way, no way. I'm going to give you guys some of your own homework that I'm not grading, that I'm not looking at. But you're going to have your own homework. Even if I wanted to grade it, I wouldn't just because I don't have the time to. <laughs> Let's go to Acts chapter 4. And so today is kind of a part two, micro-eating part two. Practices. Creative title, I know. 
All right, Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. This is right after the apostles are put in prison. And this is their prayer in response to that activity right there. In Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse uh, 23. And so, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voice together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you have made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord, against his anointed one. Into Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with um, the Gentiles and the people of Israel to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you appointed. They did what, what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider the threats and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. And then they stretched out their hands and miracles happened. You know, we need to be a people who pray for boldness at the beginning of all of our days. God is looking for people who would just pray for boldness. You know, I I know for some of us, it can be very challenging. You don't feel like sometimes you have good news. And prayerfully, if you don't feel that way, we did this whole thing in midweek where we talked about telling God's story. I would encourage you to go back to the website and listen to it. We actually have good news. Some of you think we have a good threat. Believe in God or go to hell. You're like, that's a good threat, right? You're like, really, the alternative? That's not what the gospel calls the good news. The good news mapped out in the gospel is that you could be connected to God. We could be connected to one another in a micro Eden. That is what is on display. Read the gospels carefully. Jesus does not lay out threats when he announces the good news of the kingdom of God. It's on invitation for all people to experience life. And we have that. And we need to pray for boldness. We need to pray for our faith in this message. Our faith needs to be greater than our fear. And it's easy to be fearful. You know, sometimes you wake up in the morning, you just feel fearful. The day didn't even start. You look at your, 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 your watch or your phone, and it's like 10 minutes before working, you already feel fearful because you're late. This gospel message that we have, there's nothing to fear. Because it's really good news. We also need to pray to be attentive to the Spirit's leading. A little bit later in the book of Acts, Philip is listening to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit sends Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch and the Ethiopian eunuch's life is transformed by the good news of the gospel. We need to be people who wake up in the morning and pray for boldness. That is not easily characteristic of most of our lives because we probably don't necessarily, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it, leave margin in the morning to start our day with prayer. It can be very challenging. You already got a lot of things going on. For me, my morning starts at 5 a.m. not with prayer, but with my rowdy son, Stephen. We're playing dinosaurs. We're playing train tracks. We're playing everything. He got these pouches. He's just filled with life at 5 a.m. By the time it's 8 a.m., I felt like my best three hours of the day are gone. And I'm like, okay, I got to transition to prayer. 
But some of us are like, man, you know, when I wake up first thing in the morning, I want to get my workout in. I want to get my fitness in. Or the first thing you do when you wake up, you want to cook the immaculate breakfast and make it just amazing for yourself and others. We need to be intentional about creating margin in the morning for prayer. It takes consistency. It takes intentionality. And I pray that as you make that margin, you start to see the benefits of what God is doing. But starting your morning praying for boldness. And who are we proclaiming? We're proclaiming Jesus. Now, some of us in here, you know, you may feel like, man, I don't know if I feel great about inviting people to this church in particular. Our Kingdom Kids is awesome. It's amazing. But man, the Kingdom Kids down the road, they give away free burritos. (laughs) We don't got the burritos. You know, the preaching is okay. It's average. Sometimes Steve uses words that I don't even know, like eschatology. The preacher down there, he makes us laugh, cry all within 10 seconds. I don't know if I want to bring them to that service. My community group, we're always fighting. We're always conflicting. We're always going through things. I don't know if I want them to even see that either. Praise God you're not pointing them to this community exactly. You're pointing them to Jesus. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. When I talk about the church, I talk about the head of the church first and foremost. I don't necessarily talk about what we have or what we don't have. I could criticize every single fellowship in this city as much as I could criticize myself. But when I look at Jesus, I'm like, that's attractive. That's what I want. And so pray for both. Pray that you could be enamored with Jesus and say, it doesn't matter if we're in the most jinky situation in the entire world. I'm going to proclaim Christ and I'm going to invite you to Christ. But we need to be people who pray for boldness. Finding opportunities. You know, I, when I was playing uh, basketball as a young youth, my coach would always say, the opportunities are on the court, man. You just got to look for them. And you know, it's one of those phrases that sound cool, but then when you're on the court, you're like, we're, we're confined by the play. <laughs> like, we, there's, there's not really too much opportunity because we got to go by the play. <laughs> Whatever, if, if we freestyled on the basketball court, we were going to sit on the bench. <laughs> but he would say that the opportunities are on the court. <laughs> but there really is opportunities in the kingdom of God. God's playbook is so big that it's basically no play. <laughs> it's called freestyle. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. The famous acronym, go eat popcorn if you're looking for it. It's the, it, it's the corn. If you don't know that acronym, you've been spared probably. Okay, I'm having a hard time finding it with my acronym. Right? Okay, I found it. This is a new Bible, by the way, guys. You know how you get comfortable with your own Bible? I just had a feel. It's like my hands knew what they were doing. Not this new Bible. It's like, this is on page, what, what page is it? It doesn't even matter. It's not the right page. <laughs> Colossians chapter 4, beginning in verse 2. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everybody. 
Paul is calling the church to partner with him in this work. He's like, pray for me. Devote yourself to prayer. Say, God, help, help me proclaim the world boldly and clearly as I should. He is calling the church in Colossae, partner with me in this good work. Partner with me in prayer. And then he transitions and he's like, make the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity requires a deep intentionality. So what are, what, what are our opportunities we're trying to make the most of? We're trying to build friendships, guys. We want to be people who are genuinely building friendships with those around us, in our community, in our neighborhoods, at our workplace. We want to build a friendship and we want to make the most of every opportunity. I know, again, I used margin earlier for time of prayer. Some of us feel the margin of adding one more friend. How many of you are probably friend out? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to see that. (laughs) But you might feel friend out. You might feel like I have too many friends right now. I do not want to add one more friend. That's one more birthday to remember. That's one more thing to do. That's one more person's event I got to attend. You feel burned out by too many friends. I would ask you, God, please open wide my heart. Help me receive the people you're putting in my life. You know, a lot of times the Christians, in theory, should be the most flexible in terms of friendships. So if you're hanging out with me, you know, I'm going to let you guys. For a long time, I didn't tell anyone when my birthday was because... People made such a big deal out of it, and I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I just wanted to live my life, you know? But people, like, jump in your face, happy birthday, what are you going to do? You're like, oh, my God, stop. But I'm going to tell you my birthday. My birthday is December 16th. If you feel like, man, I love Steve, he's amazing, and you have this new friend who moved up the street from you, and they have their birthday December 16th, same as mine, and I am throwing a little shindig, so we're going to party, we're going to have a party like there's no tomorrow, but that person has no one to party with. Go with them. I won't be mad at you. You're seeking first the kingdom. I would totally, I would interpret that instantly. Oh, you're seeking first the kingdom. I don't take that personally. How flexible should the followers of Jesus be when it comes to friendships? Where we're like, oh, man, you were going to come, but you're actually making more friends? For sure. Do it. I love it. Now, in theory, I probably invite them to my party so they could party like no tomorrow. We could make it about that person, right? Like, (laughs) I even spell their name on the cake for them. (laughs) You can have this cake. It's for you. But I think sometimes we are not seeking opportunities to pull people in. We have to be wise and creative. And I really want to encourage the followers of Jesus. You have to be the most flexible and probably the least sensitive when it comes in this area of friendship. As we seek to create more time within our schedules to honor God. You see, we, after devoting ourselves to prayer, we want to start seeking and looking for opportunity. You wake up in the morning, God, I want to pray for boldness. And then as you get out there, you start looking for opportunities to love people. Looking for opportunities to connect with people. There are a lot of opportunities. Michael Green wrote this cool book. He tracks um, the evangelism in the early church. So he starts from about 90 A.D. till about 260 A.D. And the church tripled from all accounts in that time. And, you know, one of the things he said, was it the powerful communicating? Was it the miraculous gifts and the science? He's like, all those things play a role but it really was the brothers and sisters making the most of every opportunity wherever they went. Yeah. Like radically committed to bringing out this micro Eden and giving everyone opportunity to join in this life. For many of you who grew up in a campus 
ministry context, maybe you were you became a believer in our campus situation, maybe you're familiar with other campus ministries like Navigator or um, Campus Crusade, et cetera. One of the things they all communicate is how do you impact a college ministry? It's the acronym, TLC, time on campus. The person who's most present on campus has the most opportunity to impact other people. Just, you, you like that, that makes sense. How do you impact a community? TLC, time, I guess in community, TIC, we'd have to change it. Time in the community. Do we know our neighbors? I know, a lot of us, it's tough, man. It's gonna get cold real soon. And when it gets cold, you just wanna do two things. Get in your car, go home. Get in your car, go to work, then go back home. Are we engaging in our community and making the most of that opportunity? Time in community requires patience. Like I've intentionally been getting to know all my neighbors. Anyone who knows me, I know, like, I, I can be kind of not interruptible. I create in my schedule now interruptible time, which is not really interruptible, right? <laughs> so I put in my schedule, interruptible. I'm, I'm open to anyone coming and looking for me. And then I put in my schedule, not interruptible. You cannot come and find me, and I don't want you to find me. And yet I realize, okay, I, as I get to know my neighbors, it's, I'm going to get interrupted. I'm going to be hanging out with Jesse, then a neighbor's going to come in from work, and they're going to be like, hey, what's going on? And now we're connecting with this neighbor. And it's like, okay, i got to create space for me to be interrupted. But I, I think the truth, that's true for all of us. Yeah. Like, okay, am I going to be someone who could be interrupted? Taking regular walks. I feel like the people who are champions at taking walks weigh about 160 pounds and under. It's like those walks are long, and they just feel like exercise. But when you're walking with the slim people, they're like, this, this is great. We're connecting with God. When you're not as slim, you're like, man, this is exercise. This is really tough. I don't know. But walks, <laughs> you know, after about an hour, like, I've, I've walked with some of you guys. You are champion walkers. You guys are cranking out for a whole hour and a half. And you're like, yeah, that was good. And I'm like, that was? Was it? No. <laughs> it worked out. I was going to go to the gym, and now we worked out. <laughs> Which is good, you know, maybe I do need to walk a little bit more, but amen. <laughs> amen. But, you know, you guys, especially those of you who consistently go on walks, you see how many different people you walk by consistently. Spark up a small conversation, small talk. Hey, you got a new dog, what happened to the old one? It might get deep, they might say, I lost the old one, and you'd be like, dang, I got to be here for you. Or, oh, I'm a dog walker, professional dog walker, how long have you been doing that? Oh, man. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Hey, today you got an uh, engagement ring on. Are you engaged? No, this is a promise to myself. You're like, all right, cool. Keep it. <laughs> and, 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 you, and you connect. And you get to know someone. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, honestly, I have found in my experience people, even if they're not religious at all, for whatever reason, people, most people are okay with you praying for them. In small talk, hey, what can I pray for you about? They might say, oh, pray for a good day. And next time you see them, was the day good? They're like, actually, it was. Prayer is powerful. <laughs> or they might say something else. But people are usually open to that, and that connects you to them as you're going for walks in the community. Small talks. Pick a common place in your community to do your common stuff. I go to Roots every Tuesday. I know the entire staff now, and I know all the other people who go to Roots every Tuesday. We all talk. 
it seems to be like everyone over there is a ministry staff person. <laughs> They're like, hey, I need the church over here. I need the church over there. I need it. Like, I found, I'm like, hey, that's what we do, I guess. All of us are here Tuesday. I told one of the guys, I'm going to break out, man. I'm going to go somewhere else because this is, but amen. <laughs> I've gotten to know the staff. Are you guys picking places that you're like, you know, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every this day, I'm going to do what I could easily do in the home, undisrupted. I'm going to do it in public. To be able to connect with people, to be able to give them an opportunity to hear the gospel. This is easy, but use your hobbies. Everyone in here has a hobby, and believe it or not, someone else likes it. <laughs> so you might think you're the strangest person. You're like, oh, I'm into collecting roly polies. What are the real names for roly polies? <laughs> Whatever they're really called. I don't know what they're really called. Is that their government name? <laughs> but let's just say you're into roly polies. I know if you put that on a Facebook group, hey, I'm starting my roly-poly collection. You're going to have like 30 people show up. And everyone's going to be rolling the polies. And it's going to be amazing. But you, everyone here has hobbies that other people want to be engaged in. But are you using your hobbies to glorify God? I want to encourage you. Use your hobbies. You already like it. You already like it. Do what you like and enjoy you may be into may, nothing, nothing crazy on TV. So if you're into like sketchy shows, pray for your repentance first and then don't invite anyone else to that. But if you're into, I don't know, American British cook-off, have a British cook-off party. Everyone's in there hearing the quainty accents. And it's like, this is amazing, but use our hobbies. You know, for parents who have children in school, after-school programs, get to know all the parents. Small talk it up. You know, you're like, there's going to be a soccer dad who's like yelling at the kids, like, you could do better. And then you walk alongside of them, they're only four, bro. And then he yells at you, and you're like, all right, this is going to be my best friend. <laughs> but again, finding opportunities. Our schedule is littered with chances of opportunities. But we, start, we have to start developing the mindset of, I'm going to be engaged in the community. Movie nights, what Justin is doing with the canoeing. There's someone out there at your workplace right now who's been dreaming of going canoeing, but they're scared they might die, and now they're going to go with followers of Jesus, and they might live. And if they died, they died doing what they loved. <laughs> Camping trips. Listen. I know I'm the only person in this whole state who's probably not excited about camping. <laughs> okay, come on, Cody. Cody and I have started a non-camping situation. <laughs> but camping trips are so amazing, right? Yes. I don't even know why I don't like it. I, I know why I don't like it. I gotta... <laughs> but they're so amazing. Invite people to the camping situation. Camp with them, no air conditioning, out in the woods, anything can get you. That's how it should be. Like, invite them to that. And then our community groups and Sunday gatherings, these are all opportunities to make the most of every opportunity. But it takes, again, that intentionality after praying for boldness, like, God, I'm going to wake up today and look for opportunities. Speaking, this is the hard part. You can find the opportunity you could do to have, um, you could do your hobbies and all that. It's speaking. Because, you know, what ends up happening is you end up loving people. And then you're like, man, this might make the friendship awkward. What if I say, like, hey, 
you know, you know, sometimes you're like talking to someone on the phone and you're like, I just met you like two weeks ago. We're having a great time. You end the phone call. I love you. And you're like, whoa, that was too much. And I just lost a friend. <laughs> and they say, thanks. Instead, I love you back like thanks. <laughs> Be careful if you come on strong. Uh, amen. <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to Romans chapter 10. We want to speak. Romans chapter 10. Paul here um, is talking about just the necessity for the gospel to be proclaimed. You know, there, there is a saying attributed to um, St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel when necessary, use words. And I can understand that sentiment, but really the gospel needs to have words to it. You need, they need to understand that there is a proclamation of who Jesus is. And this is what Paul is talking about here in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. He says, um, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one and believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can any and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accept the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask you, did they not hear? Of course they did. And so what is Paul talking about here? He's like, we got to wherever we go, we have to speak about Jesus. Right. And he's not putting a time limit on like that's the first thing that needs to come out of your mouth. Again, I'm when you hear me say, listen to what the spirit is telling you. I actually mean that maybe you don't tell them the first moment you meet them about this. But if you start the morning praying for boldness, then I, I believe you'll be in step with what the spirit needs. So maybe that's two months from now. Maybe that's three months from now. Maybe that's a year from now. Maybe that's the very first encounter. But really partner with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in this endeavor. But what Paul is saying here is we need to speak. Before we speak, we need to practice active listening. That's challenging. Have you ever been in a disagreement with someone and you already knew your point as they were talking? Like you're destroying their whole argument as they were talking? You're like, I'm not even listening to you. And they're talking and you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, that's why this is wrong, that's wrong. I'm not, I don't even care what you're saying at this point. I'm about to wreck you. We cannot do that when it comes to people. And if you're doing that in marriage, you need to stop. Listen first. Listen first. Come on. If you can't listen, say time out. I'm too upset. I can't hear anything you're saying at this point. Time out. We're going to reconvene this game. Weather delay. 30 minutes. Let's get back. <laughs> but we need to actively listen. True curiosity in the person we're talking to. True curiosity. Listen to where the good news can be proclaimed. Genuine friendship, just really taking the sincere interest. This is what Paul says. I didn't only share the gospel with you, but I shared my life. Take a genuine concern. And we need to paint the picture of how the gospel can renew and restore all components of our lives. But we need to make sure we're not doing it as car salesmen because we're not selling cars. We're talking about the king of the kingdom. 
And we're talking about the invitation for them to join this kingdom. And that's okay if they say not right now, not this season, not here, not there. But we want to be people who could proclaim the good news of Jesus. And one of the ways we could do that is our personal testimony. Sharing how God has worked in your life. God has worked in everyone's life in here regardless if you realize it or not. God has worked in the life of our friends who have yet to make Jesus Lord. But your testimony, there's something powerful about sharing your testimony of how God has worked in your life. That's an experience and an example that you really can't debate. You know, some people want to debate apologetics. They want to get into, is God real? Can we really trust the scriptures? But when you share your own experience, it's your experience. It's, it's true. You, you may not find it uh, empirically true, but it's true. That's the person's experience. And there's something powerful about sharing your experience. You know, we need to talk with people with grace, humility, kindness, honesty when we connect with people. Like pray, pray hard that your motives are pure for them, that you really do care about them. That you're not trying to have any other motives. We need to get advice. You know, sometimes we're talking to friends and we're like, man, this, this is such a huge topic. They're trying to figure out why does the scriptures not mention the T-Rex? Like, where is the T-Rex in the Bible? We can't even trust the Bible because of the T-Rex. What about the UFOs? We know the UFOs are out there. What's going on? Get advice. You might feel stumped like, bro, I don't know how to talk about the UFOs. <laughs> Say, Steve, what do you think about UFOs? I'll be like, here's some four podcasts about that. And if you want to talk more about the UFOs, Read these books. I haven't read them, but they're, they're highly recommended. <laughs> and then you go back and talk to your friend about the UFOs. But really, it takes intentionality to help our friends. Book recommendations. Again, we've talked a lot. There, Glenn has done some incredible sermons in the past. We've done teachings on midweek. A lot of these things are intended to help. Go back and use those resources to help our friends. And make connections. Connections are so critical. So critical. You might be a graduate student and you got like a thousand and one classes. You have an overbearing mom who wants you to find the love of your life next week. And you got a lot going on. And you're this 30 something year old married and not looking for the love of your life because you already found him. But, you know, someone else in the ministry who is going through that. You make a connection. You're like, how are you dealing with not finding the love of your life? And they make the connection and a friendship is born out of that situation. We have to be people making connections to the glory of God. And then we invite those people to study out the scriptures to see if they want to know Jesus, the living Jesus. See if they want their lives transformed by his gospel and the Holy Spirit. Even if our friends are religious. I sincerely believe even if they're religious and they study the scriptures, their faith will still increase. And they will still gain a lot from this. Okay. We're going to go a little bit faster. So Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all this will be given to you. This is, again, I, I, the whole, basically the whole sermon I've been talking about creating margin in your schedule. To seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What is Jesus talking about here? He wanted the, his followers to be focused on bringing his kingdom, his rule and reign wherever they go. Now, again, there's a part of it where we do need to make an adjustment to our schedule, but a lot of it is just intentionality about what you're doing and why you're doing it. So we potentially need to make a lot of sacrifices to make our schedule work to the glory of God. That's right. You know, 
Maybe we don't binge watch every single show on Netflix every night after work. Maybe we pick two nights. Maybe we pick one night. That, okay, this is where I'm going to get into The Walking Dead and I'm going to finish. Is it still going on? Is, is The Walking Dead still happening? It's the final season. It's the final season. Okay. I'm going to get into The Walking Dead and I'm going to watch all 11 seasons and I'm going to ruin my life. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you need to sit back and I know you want to connect and a lot of us as um, wanting to connect and family times and stuff like that with our children. Maybe you say just for the sake of connecting, I need to teach my kids anyway to practice hospitality. So I open wide the dinner table and if we end up talking about how Danny pooped himself again, that's what we're going to talk about at the table. And then afterwards we're going to transition into talking about how we could love them and how we could serve them. We need to create more space. And I think a big part of it in Luke chapter 14, verse 25, Jesus says, anyone who wants to come after me must hate their mother, father, brother, sister, wife. Yes, even their own life. We teach that passage when people are seeking. But sometimes after we've been following Jesus, we're scared to offend our spouses or children to the glory of God. Like the other day, Julian was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with these people, this people, that people. And I'm going to go love up on people. And I'm like, I'm going to have to watch Steven. And then I'm going to have to change this. And I'm going to have to do that. And, you know, the pastor came to mind. I'm like, she hates me. But that's okay. She hates me to the glory of God. (laughs) (laughs) And it was good for me. I could have made it a big deal. I could have been like, you got bad boundaries. You don't care. I'm like, no, she's trying to honor God. I want to create flexibility where my wife can always choose to honor God, even if it disrupts my calendar. Like I said, I put interruptible time and she went outside of that time. <laughs> but we're reconciled to the glory of God. And we didn't even have it get into it. I just was like, this is, this is, this is her living out Luke 14. But I think sometimes we're, we're concerned. We're like, oh man, we're going to get into it. We're gonna... They said Jesus Lord. I said Jesus Lord. Then let it work. Yeah. To the glory of God. We understand. It's clear from a mile away, I think, when it's like this person is doing something selfish and this person is trying to do something to honor God. And that we make the necessary flexibilities there. And I know giving up can feel so oppressive. Like, you know, scriptures like, oh, give up everything to follow me. Oh, you're like, why does he want everything? Didn't I already give him everything a year ago? Still want more. God, when will you have enough? I get that. That's serious. And yet what we get in return is life and life to the full. What we get in return is wholeness. What we get in return is what God promises on the other end. And so we need to create space in our schedule to have those conversations. Amen. And again, if, you're not, if that hasn't been your practice, it might be disruptive if we try now. But that's okay. Introduce the disruption. Like, I was actually doing this to glorify God. And you get into the good conversations and everything else. Scheduling can be tough when working with adults. There's a lot of people in here, like the next time you're available, you already got your whole calendar year planned out. You're like, next time I'm available, February 7th. <laughs> and you're like, shout out to you. That overwhelms me even thinking about someone only available February 7th. But when working with adults, we have to know our schedule as well, just to protect them, to help them. Like, okay, let's schedule this time. Let's make this work. And again, it requires sacrifice. Maybe Thursday was your taco Thursday, but for the sake of this friendship, Taco Thursday moves to Taco Tuesday, like everyone else in America. (laughs) And you enjoy it. And again, getting other people involved, it takes a lot of scheduling and a lot of working through the schedule. Sometimes, again, cleaning. I mentioned that earlier. 
Cleaning can be an endeavor. Cooking can be an endeavor. Maybe you just do dessert. You know, I was talking to Freddie, you mentioned, hey, just share dessert with them. Pull out your Snicker bar and connect with someone. <laughs> Hungry, why wait? You guys share that moment together. But we want to be able to schedule and sacrifice. And we could talk a lot more about that, but I really think part of the scheduling and sacrifice is getting disciples involved as well, followers of Jesus. Okay, intercession. So you woke up, you started your morning, prayed for boldness, you were looking for opportunities. When the opportunity presented itself, you started speaking, then you started looking through your schedule and saying, okay, in these areas, I need to make sacrifice. I need to find margin to be able to love my neighbors and love people well and to make sure I still honor my family and my moral obligations to my family. I end my night in intercession. Praying for people. You see, the gospel is the story of how Jesus, the Son of God, the Father, has become the saving Lord who now rules forever at his right hand through the sending of the Holy Spirit, fulfilling God's promises in Scripture. I pray that for a lot of people that I encounter. Like, God, help them know you. Help them understand you. Help them love you. Help me love them. Help them see your love through my actions and the way I serve them. You know, in John 17... This is what what some people call the high priestly prayer. Jesus spends this much praying for himself, this much praying for his disciples, this much praying for the world. He wrestled in prayer for who had not yet even known he existed. How much more should we imitate him? Paul in 1 Timothy, when talking to Timothy, says, man, I want you to make prayers and petition for all people because God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's God's desire. God does not desire all people to be judged. God does not desire all people to go to a perfect fellowship. God desires all people to be saved. And that needs to be deep conviction for all of us. You see, we need to be in the habit of praying for people. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about five people that we're connected with. Find five people that we're connected with and start praying for them. Make it a normal practice. I don't go a day without praying for my neighbors. I don't go a night without praying for my neighbors. I pray for them day and night. And in my experience, that only takes two minutes to five minutes out my evening. As I get to know them, then it does increase a little bit. But as I get to know them, I pray a little bit more for them. You know, we have friends right now studying the scriptures. One thing I love about other, other faith communities I've been a part of is, hey, I heard you're studying the Bible with Juan. I'm praying for him. Who else are you studying with? I just I can't get out there the way I want to. But who else are you studying with? I just want to pray for them. And then they finally meet Juan and Juan says, Jesus, like, man, Juan, I was praying and wrestling for you. A lot of times we're critical of who's getting saved. We're like, man, I don't know if they're saved or not. I don't know what's going on. Have you even prayed for them? And seeking first to be someone deep and entrenched in prayer. Well, I don't know who to pray for. I don't know. Is there like a master list out there or something like that? Maybe it's on the Google Docs. Maybe it's on the church website. I don't know where to pray for. You can ask me. You can ask anyone you think is active in studying. Just approach. Just be like, hey, who are you? Who, Who are you trying to help know Jesus so I could join you in prayer? Pray for the heart to be open. Pray for my wisdom and insight. My humility. Pray that if you know anything, that it comes out of your mouth to help us help the person. But just being a community known in intercession for one another and for those around us. That needs to be a deep conviction about ours. A deep conviction of ours. And that hasn't always been the case, but that can change today. 
That's the cool thing about God. It all could change today. And we want to handle, um, we want to be people who handle that well where we're wrestling in prayer. Like, it's just a normal thing. Like, a normal thing. Like, okay, I create margin in my schedule to pray for those who are seeking God. I create margin in my schedule to pray for my neighbors. Like, that, that should just be normal. Like, we should say, man, I, I'm so busy, then I got to cut my show 10 minutes early. Okay, at 8 p.m., the phone is going away because once I pick up the phone, I'm on social media. I'm debating with people about who's the best lizard out there. I'm just going through this. And, you know, at 8 p.m., the phone goes away. I'm not debating about the lizard anymore. I'm going to pray for people. And that actually was a thing on Twitter the other day. They were debating about it. And I jumped in the fray and then I jumped out. I'm like, I don't even know about lizards. But I did my quick Wikipedia search, and I was like, okay, I think this lizard is legit. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm not going to be, someone kind of rebutted me, and I'm like, I'm not going to argue you. Wikipedia is right. I'm gone. <laughs> Pray for me, man. I get distracted, too. <laughs> but we want to be people of prayer. Okay, grace, hope, joy, and peace. What I've talked about today, you could probably feel a lot of anxiety about. God loves you, man. You, you are completely and utterly loved. Even if everything I just talked about, you're like, I don't even know. Even though Steve, you just gave me a step-by-step, how I should do this. I don't even know what step one is. Go back. <laughs> but even if, even if God loves you, you are completely and utterly loved. You don't need, I pray you don't walk out of here feeling anxious. Feeling like a failure. You're loved. You're loved. God is just inviting you to partner with him. Partner with him. You know, no one is perfect. But we can grow in this if we start practicing discipline. For those of you who are guilty souls in every night, know, knowing and being fully persuaded that God loves you. You don't need to blame anyone for anything. Just say, hey, God loves me. I didn't do whatever I thought I could have done. Amen. I'm loved. I'm deeply loved. For those of you who are probably fearful or your heart is hard and you're feeling like, man, I want to be the person who do this, but I'm fearful and I'm hard hearted. Pray for grace. Pray for his grace every morning. It's new. Pray for it. He's like, man, God, I just want your grace again. I want to I want to find the joy of my salvation again. I want to be able to share that again. For those of you who tried your best and you experienced epic fail. God loves you. Rejoice that you did your best. Rejoice that you went out there and tried to honor God. And it didn't work. That's okay. That happens sometimes. But the spirit is still working and will use that to his glory. And for those of you who are like champions, you're doing great at this stuff. Pray every night for humility and smallness. That you never get too big for yourself. That you understand that it's the work of the spirit working through you accomplishing these incredible things. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to break up into discussion groups for just three minutes. Just three minutes. And what we're going to discuss is, like, what is one action item I could do this week? Maybe it's nothing I just mentioned. That's okay. But one action item. So we'll break up for three minutes, and then I'll call us back. One action item. We'll break up into groups of four.